We have been treasure hunting through Hebrews. The Bible says that there, is, that, that there was a man who, who found treasure in a field, and he, uh, he went and he left that treasure there, and he went and he sold everything that he had and, and liquidated all of his assets so that he could go and buy that field where that treasure was hidden. And we understand that, uh, that, that is a, a, the word of God is a treasure, a field in which treasure has been hidden. And we invest everything that we are and everything that we have to dig out the treasure that's hidden in the field. Well, we've been in the field of Hebrews for the last many weeks, and we're going to stay there for uh, a few more, I suppose, uh, because I have gone through the book of Hebrews, and I have uh, allowed the Holy Spirit to just kind of say, talk about this and talk about that and talk about that. And, uh, and um, so I've been digging and looking and imagining what we might do. Well, today is an important day in this, in this process of treasure hunting through Hebrews. Uh, and the reason is this. This week, I started to, uh, to develop uh, the notes for, for what I would teach this week and went back three times. And three times I went back and, and adjusted the focus. And all three of those times when I was praying and I was praying for you, I finally come to the conclusion, Holy Spirit, you know who will be in that room on Sunday. You know who will be sitting under the sound of my voice, and you know better than I do what they need to receive. And when I prayed that way, then my heart was able to set up on what our focus should be uh, uh, this morning. And so we're going to go into Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to go all the way to the other side of the book. And we're going to go into Hebrews chapter 12 today, and we're going to look at the first uh, three verses of Hebrews chapter 12. Are you ready? All right. Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us or ensnares us, and let us run with patience. Some, some of uh, the translations will say, others will say with endurance. Let us run the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I don't like running, so this is a really difficult subject for me. Um, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, listen to those words, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now listen to these words. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary in your souls. So I just want us to, uh, to uh, unpack this passage of Scripture a little bit. I want us to uh, look at some of the things that are being said to us uh, through Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Now listen, it says here, Essentially, in light of this fact, because we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the context of that is Hebrews chapter 11, which we may go into later, I don't know. But Hebrews chapter 11, we call that the hall of fame uh, of faith. And the interesting thing is it goes through and it says, by faith Abraham, and by faith Moses, and by faith this one, and by faith that one. All through that chapter, it talks about people in the Old Testament who received the good things of God by faith. And then at the bottom of that chapter, which has become 
really more of a favorite portion of, of Scripture for me, a favorite portion of Scripture for me. At the end of that chapter, at the beginning of the chapter, the majority of the chapter talks about everyone who received good things by faith. And then it talks a little bit about those who died in faith, not yet having received, knew that it was coming, and who went through hard times and buried their dead loved ones and endured persecution and, and suffering and, and the sword and, and all, the, all the bad things that come their way and endured those things by faith. And the Bible says that all those things that he talks about in Hebrews chapter 11, he's talking about what, what that created for us is this, the Bible says here in, in chapter 12, a great cloud of witnesses, an innumerable number of people who have walked successfully with God, an immeasurable amount of people, more than we can count who have successfully walked with God. And they are, to us, witnesses of what's possible in our walk with Him. One thing I'm really uh, always pressing upon individuals uh, to understand and always challenging people to know is that in your life there are people who around you right now in, that, that, that are still on the earth. They've not died and gone on. They've not joined that cloud of witnesses yet, but they've walked with God successfully through the years and you ought to become their best friend. You see the deposit of God in them, the ability to walk through hard things, to live an entire lifetime walking with God, to successfully overcome the challenges that come along to discourage and, and that come along to frustrate. And they're able to walk through those and, and they're able to, to walk past those seasons and times in their life and, and rejoice in the Lord and tell you that God is good and that God is faithful. Those are the people you ought to attach yourself to and become their best friend and bug them to death until what's in them gets in you. Roger's like, oh dear Lord, people are going to be calling me now. Yeah, you ought, to, you ought to chase that man down. If you're not in a connect group, I would suggest that you get in their connect group or you get in Stuart and Ann's connect group. You get in some of the connect group of these people that are, sorry for all you, I'm, I can't name everybody. There's like 13 connect groups now. Uh, but these people who are leading these connect groups are people who have learned to walk with God through the years and they are now positioned to invest themselves in you and to teach you to walk with God. I wasn't going to preach on connect, but here we are. You need to be connected to the life of the body, to someone who knows successfully how to navigate this life and walk with God. You need to become their friend. You need to get out of there. You need like squeezing a lemon, man. You ought to get every ounce of it out of them. Don't let them leave this earth with anything left in them. Get it in you. We have a great cloud of witnesses. I love this passage of Scripture. This is a very personal passage of Scripture for me. And I wasn't going to share this today, but I'm going to because I feel the Holy Spirit just prompting me to it. But in my, in my personal prayer time, uh, there was a time and a season in my life whenever I was uh, going before the Lord and, the, and, I, and all of a sudden I just had this picture of climbing up a little narrow path up a hill and, and, and I don't even go in the mountains. Like I said, I don't run races. I don't climb mountains, right? <laughs> I ride in cars and stay in lodges. 
If you invite me to go to the snow, I'm going to go to the lodge and sit with a hot cup of coffee in front of a fireplace and watch you ski. But nevertheless, I'm in trouble now, aren't I? But nevertheless, I had this picture. I was going up a hill, and there's these vines growing over uh, uh, the side of the mountain there. And, and all of a sudden, I'm aware that there's an opening there. And I hear, I feel drawn in to this, this cave, this, this place. And I step in, and I realize that I'm in the presence of the Lord. I've been invited into the throne room, into his presence. And he says, Anthony, he says, people are on their way to a destination. They're constantly driving for the destination. And I've got something in the journey for them. And I want you to stop by here as often as you can. I want you to come in and I want you to, to be here with me. And there as, my, as I come into that dark, I'm, listen, I'm just giving you this, what the Lord gave me, all right? Uh, this is me. You can, I'm not, just, this is me. You can do with this what you want. But I step into the presence of the Lord and I realize here, here is this great room I'm in and, it, and it's a little dimly lit in there and I'm standing before the Lord and there he is, Jesus, in the center of the room. There is this uh, altar, uh, I, as I would picture my, in my mind, my understanding of the Ark of the Covenant coming before the Lord, coming into the holy place as we see in Scripture. And as I walk over there, all I can see is the feet of Jesus. There's sandaled feet standing by this, and, 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 but yet I know that I'm in the presence of the Lord, and I can feel that, and there's just this presence of, of the Lord falling. I, I saw flames coming down and embers falling in this place, but it felt like water to me. It's just an interesting experience. So the Lord says, come here as often as you can, as often as you can. I'm going to reveal my heart to you. And so I enjoyed that time in the presence of the Lord. And the next time I'm, I'm praying, all of a sudden I realize again there's this invitation in. And I'm standing in the presence of the Lord. Every time for that season of prayer li- my prayer life, every time I went before the Lord, I saw more of him. And always up to that time in my life, I, I had prayed and, and had this great relationship with Jesus, but I never saw his face. But I saw all of a sudden I'm in a season of time where he's enriching my personal time with him. And so finally one day I, I'm in the presence of the Lord and, and he's standing there and I can see his face. All of him. And he's just revealing himself. In that personal time. That's what he wants to do with you. But the reason I'm telling you this is because as I continue to meet before the Lord and he continues to reveal himself to me, all of a sudden, one day I come into my prayer time and in my mind, I'm just stepping back. Every time I would come into prayer, I would just have this vision of this room and I would step into this room. And every time I would step into this room, the side of the hill here, that that the the Lord would meet with me. And all of a sudden, uh, my eyes are are seeing more clearly this, this room and it's very large or much larger than I ever understood understood it to be before and all around the outside of that the edge of that room there is many many people and every time i step in the room i hear some applause and they're saying he's here he's come again he's coming to the presence of the lord again we have a great cloud of witnesses and the bible teaches us that they are cheering us on The word teaches us that that great cloud of witnesses is there for our encouragement. 
Not having communication with the dead. There's a great cloud of witnesses that are looking into your life and, and, and the prayers of the saints that have been saved up in the presence of the Lord that are ever going up before Him, praying for you. If mom and daddy prayed for you and they're gone, their prayers are still going up before the Lord in your behalf. We have a great cloud of witnesses. So the Bible says that because, or this passage of Scripture says that in light of this fact, we should therefore respond. If you have a great cloud of witnesses that's going, come on, you can do this. You can walk this walk. You can live this life. You can be successful as a believer in the earth. You can be an overcomer. You can get here. I got here. You can get here. I, I finished my race, Paul said. I've run the race. I've finished the course. If, if the Apostle Paul can say over our lives, I've run the race and I've finished the course, then he's saying, you can come to that day where you can say, I've been faithful. I've run the race. I've finished the course. But then this passage begins to tell us how that we can do that. And he says the way that we do that is we lay aside every weight. When a runner runs a race, I don't know a lot about runners, I've already told you that, but I do know this, when a runner runs the race, he goes and he picks the lightest possible attire. He picks running shoes. If you've ever gone down to the shoe store and you begin to compare shoes, uh, the running shoes are different than other shoes in that they are made strong and light, lightweight. Because a runner wants the least possible amount of weight. Some of those guys are so weird, they shave the hair off their legs. <laughs> they want no resistance. Aren't that silly? But they want to position themselves to have no resistance when they're running the race. So the apostle takes this, this analogy of a race and he says, if you want to finish the race, lay aside everything that hinders. Get some running attire. Lay off the weights. And then he says, lay aside every sin that entangles. Some, some depends on the, the uh, translation that you have. Ensnares, entangles, besets. Lay aside every weight and then lay aside every sin, everything that entangles you. Somebody needs to go home and sit down with your yellow tablet and have a meeting with Jesus and ask him, what is entangling me? Now, in, in the practical sense today, the Holy Spirit wanted to break some of the resistance off of your life. So he brings you into his presence. You worship the Lord. He tears the resistance down from your life. He breaks off in the spirit the things that are bringing resistance to you. But if you go home today and you're the same tomorrow as you were, today, as you were yesterday, you will return to that place of resistance. So how do, I, how do I lay aside every weight and every sin? Well, I go and I have a conversation with God about the things that are ensnaring me. 
It might be wisdom to go home and say, okay, Lord, I, I, I was in that worship service and, and I heard your, the word of the Lord that you're breaking off the things that cause uh, restriction and resistance in my life. And then I went forward in that call and responded and, 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 and they, even laid hand, they even got oil and anointed me that, that the things that, that restrict me would be broken off of me. Now, Lord, is there anything from that experience that you would like to talk to me about? Don't have that conversation with God without a pen and a paper. Because if he wants to talk to you about something, write it down. So that you can meditate on the Lord in regards to the things that he's saying to you. There's some things that, if the Lord says there's some things I want to change, there's some behaviors, there's some thought patterns I want to change. Oh man, I just, sometimes it used to just really frustrate me when the Lord would want to talk to me about me. But every time I talk to him about someone else, he talks to me about me. Every time I complain to him about someone else's doing, he talks to me about me. Every time I talk to him about something that's going wrong, he talks to me about me. Well, I discovered in Scripture that as I submit to him, you submit yourself to the Lord, you resist the devil, and the devil flees from you. Comes with submission. Sometimes we resist before we submit. All the resistance that you can provide before you submit will not accomplish anything but frustration for you. You submit, then you resist. Man, I didn't know I was going to preach that. There's a pattern there. You submit, then you resist. We do a whole lot of resisting, but not much submitting. Man. Somebody write that down. I'm going to need to put that in the conversations. Perhaps we need to talk about that. So he says to submit yourself to the Lord, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's part of laying aside the weight and the sin. Laying aside the things that beset. And then he says, on top of it, and I don't even like the word patience. Run with patience. Are you kidding me? Run with patience. The race that is set before you. Whoops. They're numbered. You, you're doing good. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside every sin that ensnares. And you have to figure out, that's, listen, that God's an individual God and that's different for everybody. So the thing that ties you up and the thing that locks you down is not particularly the same thing that, that locks me down. Here's the thing about sin and temptation. This is, this is a really wonderful revelation for you. No one's been tempted by anything that is not common. The Bible says that all sin, all temptation is common to man. So you're not surprising him or anyone else. Run with patience the race that is set before you. Listen, when you remove things that weigh you down, I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12 says, All things, the, the apostle came to this conclusion. 
He's talking about himself. He says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. So he said, I'm past the point of even talking about is it right or is it wrong. I'm down to is it helpful. Man, there's there's a key to the kingdom. The Apostle Paul says, I'm way past discussing, is this sin or not? Is it a sin for me to do this? Is it a sin for me to do that? The Apostle Paul says, I'm past that discussion. It doesn't matter to me if it's a sin or not. It only matters to me if it is helpful. That ought to grow grow us up. Mature us in the kingdom. There's a key to the kingdom here. All things are lawful for me. It's, not, it's no longer about right and wrong for me. It is about does it help me? Does it edify me? Does it strengthen me? When I come to talking about laying aside weight here, does it make my way easier? Does it make my way smoother? Does it make my load lighter? Does it edify and strengthen me in my walk with God or does it tear me down? Does it hold me back? If it holds me back, if I'm going around the same mountain doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result, maybe there's some things I need to lay aside. So this is what he says. Here's, here's, here's the Apostle Paul's conclusion to the matter. I, he says, all things are lawful. It's, I'm not going to get up in a discussion about is it right or is it wrong, but I'm not going to be brought under the power of any of it. In other words, I'm only going to be brought under the power of the Spirit of God. I'm not going to be brought under the power of addiction. I'm not going to be brought under the power of, of, uh, of pornography. I'm not going to be brought under the power of whatever. I'm not going to be pro- it's not about right and wrong. I'm just not going to be brought. I'm not going to be held by anything. I'm not coming into chains to anything. The Apostle Paul says when it comes to chains, I'm chained to him. I'm chained to the gospel. That's what he said. I'll let you research all that out. If there's chains for me, he says, I'm chained to the gospel. I'm chained to this assignment. Isn't that wonderful? I'm only chained to one thing. I'm chained to him. I won't be chained to anything else. So when it comes to sin, James put it very, very bluntly. Therefore, to him that knows to do good and does not do it, it's sin. So if you know that it's holding you back, and it is a weight to you, and you continue to carry the weight, it becomes sin to you. It ensnares you. It holds you down. The Lord wants you to be successful. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to finish the course Uh, He wants you to finish the the race. He wants you to win. So then he says this this whole idea of running with patience. And um, how many of y'all are terribly patient? Isn't that that your grace? We we make a joke and, and believers have their own set of jokes. You understand that? And one of, those, one of the, the jokes that believers make to each other is, don't pray for patience. Because the Bible says that it's tribulation that works patience. So if you ask for patience, the Lord goes, okay, here's a little bit of trouble. Walk by faith through this trouble and you will learn patience. So, so none of us pray for patience. 
Because life will give you the opportunity to grow patient. Have children. You'll become patient. Nevertheless, run with patience. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29 says, He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He gives power to the weak and the weary. If that's you, if today you find yourself in a place where you are weak and you are weary, Isaiah says he empowers the weary. He offers strength to the weak. Sometimes it blows my mind how we as believers, we get to places of weakness. But God steps up in that moment and he offers strength to the weak. So if you're in a place of weakness right now, you're in a really good spot. If you are in that place of weakness and you can be filled with faith. Even the youth will become exhausted. And young men will fall and give up. We know some of those folks. Anybody ever feel like giving up? There's no temptation that's taking you that is not common to man. Everyone has felt that moment where you feel like you want to quit. Not quit on God. You just want to quit the, the fight. You just want to get out of the battle. Everybody have, everyone has a season in their life where they get to the point they're like, if one more thing happens. I remember watching my parents walk through seasons like that. My mom and dad. And I remember hearing my mom pray, Lord, if one more thing, dear Lord, I need strength. If one more thing goes wrong. There was a period of about two years of their life where I literally I watched their washer and dryer break. I watched their freezer go out. Even their microwave quit. The house caught on fire and the stove burned. I mean, it was just, it was just they, they couldn't get one thing fixed before another thing was destroyed. There was a car accident, and the car was sitting in the driveway all bent up. It was, just, it was just a miserable time. And I remember hearing my mother pray, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do if one more thing goes wrong. But I remember the Lord navigating them through that season of life. I watched them walk successfully through a season of great challenge. And I realized that as a believer, I can walk successfully through a season of great challenge. So if you're at a point where you go, oh, if one more thing goes wrong in my life, you are at a point where the Lord is excited to stand up and strengthen you. Don't run away from Him. Run to Him. Run into His presence. Come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain help in your time of need. Run into His presence. So He says this. They that wait upon the Lord. Oh, wait. Oh, wait? Wait? Now, there's two... There's two uh, things I want to talk to you about in terms of waiting upon the Lord. There's times and seasons in your life where the Lord says, sit there and wait. Your deadline is not my deadline. Oh, Lord, don't you understand that if this doesn't happen by this time? Oh, Lord, Janice, I'm preaching to you. Oh, Lord, if, if this, this doesn't happen by this time, everything is going to, going to fall apart. I, I need you, Holy Spirit, to meet this deadline. And it's like the Lord is standing there going, yeah, really? Your deadline's not my deadline. I'm never late. 
wait on, wait, wait for me. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. And then watch him show up and show off. Sometimes waiting means wait. Then there is the other side of that. If you've ever been to a restaurant and you've had someone wait on you, they come and they serve you to nourish you. Laura and I were in a restaurant yesterday. And Laura said that what she ordered, she enjoyed, and she ordered a steak, and she enjoyed the steak, but she didn't particularly like the sides. And the server comes and says, you didn't like those sides? I can get you different sides. I'll get you something else. And Laura says, no, that's all right. And she goes, okay, can I comp you a dessert? Laura's like, hallelujah. You can comp me anything you like. And so the waitress brought us a piece of cheesecake with some lemon curd and, and, and whipped cream. Oh, my Lord. It was like. Hallelujah. There's something to be said of setting an environment where you wait on the Lord. To bring him pleasure. To bring him satisfaction. This is what worship is about. Worship is the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the people of God, waiting on Him to bring satisfaction to His heart. To make sure that He is fully satisfied. Well, there's only one way that the Lord is fully satisfied, and that is in your worship of Him, your submission to Him. You want the Lord to be satisfied in you? I'm going to coin a phrase, bend your knee in the light. Come into his presence and humble yourself there. And he will be satisfied because in that you are waiting upon him. So I want you to understand that waiting is not just passively waiting. Waiting is in submitting to him and waiting for his arrival in the circumstance and situation. Waiting for him to move. You submit yourself to him. Lord, you got this. I submit my life to you. I submit my way to you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now listen to what this says. He didn't just stop there. They're going to just be strengthened. He said they'll mount up on wings like eagles. They will soar over the circumstances. They will soar in this life. They will run and not grow weary. That's pretty good for a guy who doesn't even like to run. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not faint. They will be renewed, the scripture says, like the eagle. We could just teach on that. I I would love to take some time and talk to you about how the eagle is renewed. Because God makes the old eagle young again. You need to study that. There's, There's deep spiritual principle in how God renews the eagle so that he soars on the heights because he's speaking to you that he will renew you when you are weary, when you are worn, when you are broken. You come into a season where you feel like everything's falling apart. Uh, the, the eagle calls that molting. Is that how you say that? Molting. You need to study the molting season of the eagle. It's God's renewing him. 
God would like to renew you. You're in a season where he would like to renew you. 2 Samuel 22 and 33 says, The God who has girded me with strength has opened wide my path. He makes straight paths for your feet. There's some folks that are just, you're walking in, in seasons of stumbling and difficulty and things you're going through. You're just, you're, you're just like, if, if it can go wrong, I used to say that. Oh, Lord Jesus, I used, before I knew the word, I used to say, if it can go wrong, it'll go wrong for me. Grow up. Ooh, get free from that. If it can go right, it will go right for me. Because he makes wide paths for my feet. Straight paths for my feet. God goes before me and he moves everything out of my way that would cause me to stumble and anything that would cause me to fall. He will not allow me to dash my foot against a stone. Ooh, wait. Pastor Anthony, you're attributing to yourself things that were said prophetically to David and, and ultimately Jesus. Yes, I am. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. The same principalities and powers that are under his feet are under my feet. Can I, just, can I just attribute to you some of the prophetic promises concerning Jesus? Can I attribute them out over your life today? Samuel said, God, who has girded me with strength, has opened wide my path. He makes my feet like a hind's feet, like the foot of a deer. Causes me to stand on the heights. How the deer climbs the side of an impossible mountain and just goes up there like there's no problem at all. And we'd be like, I ain't going up there. And he just walks up there like if it's flat land. Samuel says, he makes wide my path. He makes straight paths for my feet. You need to serve a God who's making straight paths for your feet. And if you find yourself in circumstances where the path is not straight, you need to go into his presence and you need to wait there upon him and submit yourself and bow your knee to him and allow him to to come in and to participate in your life. He wants to straighten out the crooked places. Well, we got to verse 1. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He gives strength to the weary. They that wait upon him will renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles. All that we would be the people who run and do not grow weary. And who walk and do not faint.